Sometimes assertiveness gets a bad rap in our culture, as if it's a domineering or bossy attitude. Not so. In reality, healthy assertiveness is a really helpful tool for marriage communication because it can reduce conflict and increase the quality of your marriage. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a straightforward episode for you this week. This is episode number 185, and today we're going to be talking about assertiveness. Hey there, everybody. If you missed last week's episode, we talked about whether therapeutic separation might ever be a good idea. So we had a few people respond to that episode and say it was really helpful, Yeah, which is great. Uh, Worth going back and checking out. And again, just a reminder, if you haven't heard that idea before, like this is with a view to saving your marriage, not to breaking it up because... We are all about building thriving, passionate marriages. Mm-hmm. And to help you with that, we'd also like you to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic of assertiveness. Yes, ma'am. Was that assertive? Very much so. <laughs> what is assertiveness? All right. It's the ability to honestly and effectively express your needs and desires. Okay. So... Simple words there, but pretty powerful ones, right? Mm-hmm. The opposite of assertiveness is passivity, which is letting things happen to you, not stating oh. your needs, backing down easily. Okay. Right? Those kinds of things. Well, what about like aggression though? Well, assertiveness, that's a good point. A lot of times people think, you know, assertiveness has that. Rawr. Yes. Not but me or anything, but. No, no. Yeah. Assertiveness though is different to aggression because assertiveness is about using self-confidence and verbal techniques and actually body language techniques to state what you want rather than having to resort to threats or intimidation. Mm. Often we we link the anger or the uh, aggression into assertiveness, but in the therapeutic world, when we use the word assertiveness, there's no, none of that negative component of anger or or manipulation or, yeah. Okay. So what does it look like then? What does assertiveness look like? So recently- research has really identified that there are multiple parts of effective assertive behavior. Okay. And there's four parts that I want to bring out here. One is courage, which is really interesting to think about. So this is having courage, right? Mm -hmm. That's, it can be self-confidence. It's the boldness to state your needs and to stick to your guns, like to hold on to what you want and to make that known. Being direct, but not aggressive, having belief in your own ability to say those things and having good social skills to deliver that, right? Right. Okay. So courage. Then there's authenticity, which is composed of honesty and genuineness rather than being manipulative or artificial. Okay. Yeah. So it's coming out and stating what you want directly rather than using coded language or suggestions Mm. or vague hints, right? (laughs) Like woman speak? Well, I'm glad you said that (laughs) and not me. Uh huh. (laughs) Assertiveness is based on an honest awareness of yourself and it's respect for the other person because now I'm not Mm. making you do the guess game or, you know... Try to figure out the code, right? The language. Yeah. But it's just, I show respect by giving you directly what I, I'm thinking. Hmm. 
What are you? I was feeling that there's a little bit of passive aggressive in there. like Because I was emphasizing that too much? Yeah. While you're looking <laughs> at me speaking into the microphone. I'm not. Yes. This That's is very, very authentic. I'm not sure who's being assertive now. <laughs> okay, next. Next is autonomy, which is the ability to make your own decisions, being self-motivated and also flexible. So, mm-hmm. which is an interesting one, right? So as a person, I'm, I'm acknowledging my own personhood, but one of the things we'll get to towards the end of this is talking about is that assertiveness, like think about it in the context of an, an us or a we. Okay. Like, so it's acting for the benefit of the marriage. It's not about exerting selfishness either. Right. So right. There, there is that this flexibility. There is the autonomy component. Yeah. So that your needs and wants are stated, but that's because you have a part in this relationship. If you're not happy, mm. the whole is affected, right? Yeah. So you're going to state what you need as well. Okay. And you're not lost in what everything that, about the other person and what they need. Yes. Then okay. the fourth part is empathy, which is the ability to express your own needs while also being aware of the needs of your spouse or maybe others in, mm-hmm. in a general social situation. It's so again, it's not necessarily selfish. So just because you have needs doesn't mean those needs must be put forward and demanded to the exclusion of considering and met first. And yes. So again, though, we're talking about needs. We're not talking about wants. No, even wants. Like think about sex. You know, it'd be really nice if you would touch me here. Right. That's assertiveness. Mm, Okay. Okay. And you're like, that's your autonomy, but then you're enriching the experience really, or should be for both of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. What? You're objecting to something. Well, I just like this thing between wants and needs. Like that's almost a need. Like I need you to touch me here to get to this point. Mm. Right. And I can see how it's a want because it's not like you have to get there or whatever, but like I want a new car. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> That's both of us being assertive. <laughs> no, but, but you know like, what I mean? That's what I'm yeah. saying. The difference between a need and a want. Like, okay, but so to can the I benefit of your marriage versus yeah, just me and my. Not, let's go back to sex because that's a good one, right? Because it's, it really is, it's about pleasure. And some people might think you need that for survival, but there's, you know. I didn't say for survival. I said to get to a certain point. Like, well, to I'm cross trying to split. Line. No, but even that, I'm trying to split wants and needs, right? So. So there, there are things that you might want in the process of making love that you don't even need to get across the line, but they're still nice to have. Mm, that's yeah, true, right? Yeah, that is so, true. So assertiveness can come in. That's, that's a valid want. Okay. Okay. Now, if it's all about like, you know, one spouse every time getting the ultimate experience and the other's kind of the, Sleep the love slave or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're assuming that there's mutuality here too. Okay. I guess that's what you were saying about being aware of your own needs as well as the needs of your spouse. Like it's not a selfish thing. Yes. The empathy part. Yeah. Okay. And, and so hopefully even in that sexual encounter scenario, we describe there's some give and take there, right? So then, yeah, I'll do that for you. Can you, right. it doesn't have to be a direct barter every time, but you know, right. the overall balance of the relationship. You need to be serving each other. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about factors that affect assertiveness. And these are pretty interesting. Some are sort of just inside the one person and some are more inside the relationship, like they're between them. So inside one's self is this idea of locus of control. So just stay with me here. Locus is more like location of where you think control comes from, right? This is a term that we use in psychotherapy to refer to what people see as being the main controlling and decision-making factors in their lives. So someone with an internal locus of control believes that they can make their own choices 
And results in life are determined by their own actions and their own efforts. That's an internal locus of control. This comes from within me. I believe that I have influence over the direction that my life is taking. Okay, okay. Someone with an external locus of control believes their outcomes in life are mostly up to luck, fate, or the influence of other people. Or sometimes in the Christian world, we put this under God. Like he's the ultimate chess player and we're just pawns on his board. Mm. And that can sound kind of spiritual and even godly, but... Is it accurate? Yeah, I'm not sure that's the way he intends it to be. I mean, right in the in the very beginning of the Bible, there's, there's a tree put into this garden called the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And they have the choice. Are you going to take the tree or not? That's like... Here. He's given us a will, a choice. Yes, you have yeah. an internal yeah. locus of control, right? Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. So... Someone, you know, when you have that external locus of control, life happens to you, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, a couple of researchers in a little bit older study in 79, they found- Honey, that is not old. In a, in a very recent study <laughs> that coincides with the birth year of my wife. Man, this is fresh research. It very, very. I can smell the ink <laughs> coming right off the paper like Shut this up. is cutting edge. <laughs> They found that assertiveness was linked to an internal, good, good assertiveness there, by the way, yes. in, in uh, manipulating my viewpoint, <laughs> that's fine. They found that assertiveness was linked to an internal locus of control in married couples. Okay. So, so let me try to put that in plainer language. Spouses who believe they are in control of their own outcomes in life will naturally develop the social skills that they need to influence others. Mm-hmm. While on the other hand, if you believe that you have little control over your own life, you'll become much more passive. Okay. So if you think things are just done to you or for you without any sense of personal agency, like you don't have the ability to change it, that's a very passive orientation. And as even as you're listening to this, assertiveness will seem foreign to you. Huh. So this is where we want to challenge you to come back and think about this part of locus of control. Like what is... What do you, what's your viewpoint? What's your yes, worldview here? Yes. And okay. I would assert that it's healthier to have an internal locus of control. Yeah, but you have such a good internal locus of control if I do say so myself. Thank you. But I hope I'm not just asserting that because I have it. Like this is... This, yeah, well, I don't, t- think, I don't think the victim mentality of like... Stuff happens. This all happens to me. I have no control. I can't do anything like that. Right. Like there are some, like the healthy. drunk driver. There are those right. things that are outside of our control, right? Yeah. But how and, you respond to that is yes. in your control. Yes. Are you going to let it ruin you or... Yes. Yes. We don't have, and then I, you know, the, you can go the other way too with like an over anxiety about controlling everything because you're trying to reduce the uncertainty in life. Right. Right. And that's not healthy either. Right. Okay. So the, happy medium here. Find the balance. 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 Yeah. So next factor that affects assertiveness is trust. So again, the same very recent research that we just referred to <laughs> also identified trust as a variable that influenced assertive behavior in married couples. So spouses who had an external locus of control again. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of keep redefining this because the language is unusual if you haven't heard it before. Okay. So those are spouses who thought that other people had a strong influence over their lives. That's mm-hmm. the external locus. Okay. If they had that external locus and they had high levels of trust that their spouse would act in the best interest of the marriage, they tended to be low in assertiveness. Okay. Yes. Cause you have a high level of trust. They're going to do and the you right think thing. Things happen outside of you. Yep. So you're, you're not going to be assertive. Okay. They interpret this to mean that people who have high trust that their spouses are acting in the interest of the marriage would have no need to act assertively. It's possible too. Now, I think that you may see this, like there are happily married traditional marriages where the guy makes all the decisions, the husband, and the wife just 
you know, she sees his care and interest and she just lets him do it. She could be a lot more passive and less assertive. Right. And that may not be the style for all of us, but if both of them are content with that, then right. who are we to criticize? That's yes. kind of what I come yeah. to, right? It works so for them. I want to also be cautious not to, not to, you know, have a wife in that situation feel guilty for not being more assertive if you're both content with that. Right. But at the same time, again, there's balance there because it would be very easy to go from that place to being the doormat. Yeah. I think you're more vulnerable to that in that context. So when you do have needs and wants, are you able to assert those? Because you must have some needs and wants. Sometimes even if your spouse is almost, is like very thoughtful and almost always taking care care of of things. Nobody's Mm -hmm. got it down perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So just watch for that, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And then another factor affecting assertiveness is whether you have a relationship focused mindset. So this is the we thing that I was talking about. The we thing? We or us. Oh, like us together, we. Okay, yeah. Couples who adopt a relationship-focused mindset early in their marriage, and that's the idea of making decisions together, prioritizing their relationship over individual gains. Mm -hmm. Those couples are better able to learn positive communication skills, such as assertiveness. Okay. Although, as we noted earlier, if both spouses are thinking in the best interest of the marriage, there may not be much need to act assertively, but they'll still have these skills Mm -hmm. if needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that us thing helps. And then finally, there's the beliefs. So your ability to be assertive is partly based on your own beliefs about yourself. Someone who believes that they're not worthy of respect or being heard, they will struggle to act assertively. Right. And and when you okay. look at assertiveness training, it aims to develop positive beliefs in people such as, I have the right to dignity and self-respect. Yes. I have the right to say no. Mm-hmm. I have the right to express my emotions and I have mm-hmm. the right to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us struggle with some of those things. Like probably a guy thing, I'm really bad at the last one. I have the right to ask for help. Hmm. Not that you try to suppress that, but I withhold that from myself. Right. 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 So I think a lot of people like you have the right to say no. Yes. Like you feel like in a marriage, like really? Yeah. I should be saying yes. Yes. And maybe just to be fair, coming back to the sexual situation, there may be some things that your spouse will ask you for and you have the right to say no too. Uh, mm-hmm, if it's, mm-hmm. if you would feel disrespected, degraded, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, right? Right. Now, but yeah. I think this is where that balance comes in though, because, well, I have the right to say no. Like it could, you could turn snarky. Right. Like, no. But then also keep the relationship focused mindset, right? So is right. your spouse for asking you for this, for the benefit of the relationship as a way, maybe, maybe it's some creativity, a new idea, mm-hmm. thought, something in the in the sexual part of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it could be like, you know, in I guess in a more difficult situation, like a pornography informed okay. desire to try something and it would actually be degrading. Right. 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 Okay. It, this, you know, it's kind of that balance of keeping yourself open to new possibilities and new things again and being right. assertive about that, but also you still have the right to say no if it's degrading. So you, just because your spouse is being assertive doesn't mean they should always get what they want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you also have the right to dignity and self-respect. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this, you know, there's a lot of factors here is what we're starting to see, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of simple in one way, kind of complex in another. And you're probably listening as, or probably thinking as you're listening, how can I fit this into my marriage? And can it help with even our conflict in particular? Because Mm -hmm. this is often where this assertiveness will come up. Well, This week's bonus guide really dives into that whole dilemma around balancing assertiveness and cooperation in marital conflict. Very important. Uh Very helpful uh to get that balance. Well, we've been talking about that balance the whole time. Right. Sorry, interrupted. Not many people get there. 
Yeah. So if you want to drill down on that topic, you can do so by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And then that resource will be available to you as a patron. We'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about factors that affect assertiveness. And let's talk it or let's look at technique now, Verlin. Like, let's try to make this practical here. Like how to be assertive? Is that what you're meaning? Yes. Okay. So nonverbal, first of all, think about things like number one, eye contact, Uh, direct contact, but not staring, like not the stare. (laughs) (laughs) Verlin has got like that look on her face right now. Like she's trying to make me wilt. Stare you down. Yes. Uh, but I'm not trying to intimidate. And ironically, you know, my notes say, or else you come across like you're trying to intimidate. <laughs> uh, second thing is body posture. Think about this as well. Facing your spouse straight on, mm-hmm. right? Think about how we, we passively... Oh, like turn away, cross our arms. Yeah. Or I'm not going to say what I need, but I'm going to roll over and face the other way in bed, right? I don't know why that exactly <laughs> came to mind. Anyways, now I'm being passive aggressive about yes, your passive aggressiveness. You are. You're worse at it than I am. That's I'm going to stand tall. That's me being assertive. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a picture of you standing on the bed, like <laughs> wagging your finger at me. Okay. Facing your spouse straight on, standing tall, but relaxed. So again, it's not a, it's not an intimidation leaning in, in your space kind of thing. Wagging this is, your finger. No, this is standing up and facing someone, but in a relaxed way. Okay. Hands, gestures, uh, that supports what you're saying. Not necessarily hands on hips or arms folded. You know, watch for aggressive or attacking postures. So assertiveness also pulls you back from that too, right? Which I think is great. And then the tone of voice, expressive, warm, uh, but firm. Not cold, not harsh, not too loud. See, that too loud part's hard because some of us are just naturally a little bit louder. Right. But I think those of us that get married to those of those that we, uh, we, uh, you know, we learn to discern the, the loudness of anger versus the loudness of excitement or passion. Okay. And then, you know, words, right? So the verbal assertions are a part of this too. So direct stating of needs as an example, and even why or how they have not been met, not mm-hmm. evasive, not passive aggressive. Like you said, you would help tidy the house today, but you didn't. Oh, and this is where the tone of voice comes in rather than like the attacking. You said you tidy the house, but you didn't. Right. Like jerk. Yes. Now, remember the the soft startup thing? Yeah. Uh, which is if you have harsh, harsh startup, basically if the first 15 seconds of your conversation begins with harshness, yeah. it's going to go south. Yeah. Yeah. But if you start softly, it's much better. So this is where the tone is very important. Yes. I could have done better there by saying, you know what? I felt kind of, um, 
you know, this is not huge, but I, I just want to let you know, I did feel a little bit disappointed because you said you would help tidy the house today, but you didn't. Right. That's, that's softer even. Yeah. But it's still fully assertive, which is what it needs to be. Right? Okay. It's making the Well, need. that's kind of the first part of it, but. Yeah. Okay. That's more of a complaint. So, well, let me keep going with kind of the example through okay. here. Okay. So how about adding to that showing understanding of your spouse's position? Because now you're, what this I think is in here is the idea of generosity. I've thought through why you might've not got there. Oh, yes. This is, yeah, this is probably you having the conversation to me, but so it's showing understanding of your spouse's position, but sticking to your position. I know you're busy and that you don't like cleaning, but I needed this done so I could have space to cook. Mm -hmm. And then next part, explaining your emotional position. So I prefaced this a little bit before, but you could also say it now. I feel frustrated when you don't stick to things that you've promised to help with. And then offering a solution. So can you help me do it now or promise to keep on top of this in the future? Okay. And then assertiveness, of course, then is now sticking to your position without feeling like you have to back down or have an answer to every objection they raise to sometimes Mm -hmm. too. Because they might get defensive. Yeah, you get defensive or, well, you don't do this. And it's like, okay, we can talk about that, but this is still an issue for me right now. Okay. So that's the assertiveness too, is is the willingness to keep the conversation on track because your position in this matters because this is bothering you and you want equality. Right. right. But then you need to hold your word up and actually talk about those other things later too. Right. Which may not be too comfortable, but right. that's still being assertive in that direction. Yes. Okay. And that's maybe a good point too, because that then calls on the assertiveness of the other spouse to get their moment to talk about something they've been bugging about if you guys are kind of sorting some things out. Yeah, right? yeah. Which I think highlights the fact that, you know, it, you guys don't take turns with the assertiveness hat. You both have an assertiveness hat. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, you whoa. Don't, you don't need to have a, a marriage where one person is the assertive spouse and one is the passive spouse. And then sometimes you flip that. You can oh. both, it's probably healthier for both of you to be assertive at once. At the same time. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So, yep. So what are the benefits then? Like what's, what's the point? Why yeah. bother? Well, this this may sound selfish, but your needs are more likely to be met. Yeah. And when you when ass- you can do it calmly and assertively. Without being aggressive, when you make those requests of your spouse, that makes you more likely to get a positive reaction. Okay. And and I think so just think about that versus, you know, if I if I make you guess what's wrong with me or I give you coded language, you're gonna have frustration with just that approach versus right. like, okay, you told me what to do. I know what to do. I'm going to try to do that. Thank you. Like, okay, okay. For being straightforward with me, right? Yeah. So you can have your, your needs met more effectively while minimizing the conflict. And mm-hmm. and just kind of watch for this in your marriage. Like you may have had your spouse ask you for assertiveness. In other words, like if they say things like, can you just tell me what you want? They might say that. Um, mm. I usually hear that in a in a, in a frustrated way. Yeah. Okay. For sure. But just try to get past the frustration and, and hear the words and see, okay, you know, is this a signal to me that I haven't been assertive enough? Hmm. Okay. Just say what you need. Like your spouse has pleaded with you for that. They might just ask hmm. you to be assertive, right? Okay. So this kind of comes down to like woman speak doesn't quite work so well. Yeah. Except man speak. There's man speak that happens here too. Well, yeah. I'm not blaming it all on the woman, but I think men woman speak too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound misogynistic. It's like only <laughs> only men can speak or something. Okay, marital. Another benefit is marital quality. So a study from 2012, just a little bit more recent than the one we're referring to, earlier, <laughs> found that. Sorry, I love the passive barbs all the way through this <laughs> yes. episode on assertiveness. Hey, 
They found that training both spouses in assertiveness produced a long-term increase in marital satisfaction. So when the assertiveness training is given as part of a more comprehensive couples communication skills course, the effect is even bigger. Okay. So that's really cool too, right? Mm -hmm. So again, uh, and a separate study from that, they looked at married couples where only one spouse received training on assertiveness. And after the training, these couples reported higher levels of trust and intimacy. They had better perceptions of the relationship as a whole. This was true for either spouse or both spouses, suggesting that assertiveness in one spouse can have benefits for both. So if your spouse is not listening to this episode and you're frustrated because of that, well, just try doing this anyways. Huh. It can have benefits for both, which I think is really cool. Yeah. My husband never listens to these things either. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Another passive shot is the assertive episode. (laughs) Just so you know, we're all keeping it real, right? So, and then preventing physical abuse is another benefit here too. To be assertive prevents it. Well, I'll just follow this through here. They, okay. This study looked at physically abusive husbands and non-abusive husbands, and abusers were found to have a higher need for control and lower assertiveness. Huh. So they needed to exert control over their wives, but they lacked the verbal skills and the mental awareness to do so, so they resorted to physical violence. Wow. So the thought is there that training on assertiveness can help them reduce physical aggression. They don't have to resort to that because they have the tools to get what they need and want. And- yes, Now, can I just say right on the heels of that, that the fact that you don't have the tools is no excuse for the behavior. Amen. Right. But but at the same time, offer you the assertiveness as, you know what, this is a productive way, a respectful way of of stating your needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It may help in that context as well. Okay. And then finally, there's personal benefits. So effective assertiveness skills produce various personal benefits, which can improve your marital functioning as a result from that. So for example... Assertiveness skills can re- help reduce stress, can help improve mm. mood, can help you get better at solving problems, which can lead to improved mental health due to not having unresolved conflict hanging around. Okay. It can make you less likely to be distracted by negative emotions during discussions. Because you have the tool to respond. You have a direction to go. You can state your needs. You don't have to ruminate over... Yes. ...the negative. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really cool, right? Yeah. So... As you can see, assertiveness has widespread benefits for your marriage, for yourself. We'd encourage you to start practicing this today. Talk about this episode with your spouse, or even if you don't, just start using it. Tell them, though, if you guys are having this as a discussion, as many of our couples do that listen, tell your spouse, you know, I want to be more assertive and ask them to hold you accountable. Okay. Hmm. Like you're being a pushover. Like what does holding them accountable mean? Like if you hear me uh, not being clear on what I'm asking you for, can you just gently tell me to state what I need? Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, just say. So then you might be like, well, how do you want me to say that so I don't upset you? Well, Mm -hmm. just say, I think you need to practice assertiveness right now because you have something important to say. Mm, That's good. Like I nailed that. Fist bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just like you're already showing them the love and respect and oh. You're getting all gushy. Yeah. But you could use this with anybody. Assertiveness? Yeah. Yes. Like stating clearly what you need. Yes. Like can you imagine in business meetings if we all were just assertive? More direct. More direct. We didn't have the bulldog and the pushovers and the passive aggressive and mm-hmm. very interesting. Well, shall we shut her down? Let's wrap it up. All right. Thank you to our new patrons this past week, Bernard and Meshach. That's gotta be like a Bible name. Sounds Shadrach, like it. Meshach and Abednego. Bernard and Meshach. We don't charge extra for (laughs) the music on our show. 
<laughs> and also a huge thank you to a Valasa from the US who says five stars. You guys are so easy and fun to listen to. I love listening to you. I love that you guys are a couple of are a couple and yins to your yans. Yin and yang, like the oh, Chinese yin symbol. And yang. Oh, yeah. I could do without the religious, but even talking about faith is helpful. I am currently separated, trying to deal with a husband that I suspect is alcoholic, dealing with my own trust issues, all while being a mom of three little ones. I'm a devoted fan. I take so much information from your programs and I look forward to carpooling and any type of stand since I discovered you. Keep up the amazing work. You have helped me so much. I even share your episodes with my life coach, husband and friends. So that sounds like you're in a tough spot. Yeah, you got a lot going on there. But she sounds so positive. She does sound very positive. Which is awesome. And you know, we hear you on the faith thing, but we are spiritual beings as well as relational beings. So don't leave that entirely out of your consideration. I'd encourage you to be open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what she said. Talking about faith is yeah. helpful. So yeah. That's good. Appreciate that. Next week. We are talking about love addiction. Oh, I think I'm addicted to loving you. Okay. Well, maybe you better wait till next week. See if you still think that. Yep. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 185. Find out how you can help other marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.